Welcome to Small Business Lifeline, Crane's podcast to navigate the COVID crisis. My name is Christine Honeydare Bryan, and I'm an editor with Crane Communications. This week, we are talking about heading back to work, which is starting to happen for many small businesses all over the country. So we're going to talk to some experts on what they're doing to reopen. We first speak to a labor lawyer in Detroit who has been advising clients on this, and then we then head to New York City where we talk to Willie Deagle also known as the Steak Doctor, about what he is doing when he reopens his steakhouses in Georgia and then New York City. Terry Bennett is a partner with Detroit-based labor and employment law firm Nemeth Law PC. He's advising a whole range of small business businesses right now that have already opened or are getting ready to reopen. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So, Terry, you work with manufacturing and construction companies that have already opened. Can you take us through and explain to us what the construction company you've been advising, how they've been working and bringing people into the office? What have they been doing to make their offices safe? Well, it presented a unique challenge because obviously they have multiple work locations. Not only do they have the office where their their support staff is working, but they have people in the field actually doing the construction. So they had to deal with both of those areas. As far as the office goes, they have a receptionist who is taking care of the intake questionnaires in the morning, you know, asking the employees as they come in, have, have they traveled within the past 14 days? Are they experiencing any symptoms like a cough or a fever? And she's taking the temperature and recording that information just to make sure that everyone coming in the office is okay. And then in the field, we, we have to think, well, we don't necessarily have a receptionist in the field, so who's going to be responsible on all those different work sites? that I think they have um, let go to the field supervisor or the field foreman or the field superintendent, whatever you you want to call that person. Each one of them has been equipped with a digital forehead thermometer and um, they're, they're taking temperatures, they're recording that same intake information. And then to make sure that those people feel comfortable doing that, you know, both the receptionist and the, the foreman on the job, they've got... Um, getting the guidance on this, what government agencies are offering them suggestions on how to keep the workplace safe? and how are they keeping things safe?
question. Do your clients need full-time medical workers on staff? Some have considered it. They're looking at larger employers who perhaps have medical staff already um, and are wondering if, you know, at, during this time if they need it. I'm not aware of any who didn't have a medical staff previously that have made the decision to go ahead and hire a medical staff, but it's certainly something they have considered. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Terry Bonnet with the law firm Nemeth Law PC. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Willie Deagle is the founder and CEO of the New York-based Uncle Jack Steakhouse chain. He's getting ready to reopen his steakhouse in Duluth, Georgia this week. Willie, it's great to have you here on the show. Thank you, Christine. Pleasure to be here as well. So it sounds like what you're doing in Georgia is going to offer a test case for how you reopen in New York City. Can you take us through the first thing you plan to do when people walk through the door of your Georgia restaurant? How do you plan to manage the rush of um, customers eagerly coming back in? Well, when I look at a restaurant, I design it anyway and visualize it. I always build boxes in my head. So we have the main interior in the loop that sits 75 people. And then we have a patio outdoor area that's covered and it has vinyl retractable walls. So that sits 75 people. So we're able to sit a third of the people. So that's 50 guests. So if we take 50 guests and we spread them out in intervals and reservations of 10 minutes apart, and then we spread out the 50 guests throughout the entire restaurant and use a third of it, we give enough space for people to be on their own away from others. Then how you set your restaurant up for success. When you look at your restaurant and you look at it as a box, you have entry points. So how people enter, the doorway, right? Are the doors gonna be open? Are they gonna close? Door handles. How are you sanitizing, cleaning, and maintaining them? So it's very important. So then you have your restrooms. Then you have your menus. We're using throwaway menus and we limited the menu based on the most popular items that sold when we were open normally for business. So you take your staff, you train them, you set up sanitizing, disinfecting stations. Your staff's priority is to be healthy as well. So everyone coming to work, did they have the virus? Do they have the antibodies? Those are the people you would want to hire back first. Then anyone healthy enough with no issues that might have diabetes, might have other type of issues, high blood pressure. We don't want to bring them back and put them in that environment as well. So we want the strongest, healthiest employees available. We want to temperature gauge them daily with the gun. We want to have them in masks. We want them sanitized constantly. So we create these zones, we educate, we train our team. We look at every which way how the guest interacts with the service staff and try to do our best to cut down touching, feeling, and too much verbal interaction and let the guest almost self-order. So normally our wait staff would be verbally communicating a lot at the table about the chef's daily specials. We're cutting that out. They'll greet from a distance of five feet from the table, introduce themselves with the mask on and say, hey, here we are, welcome back. We also, to develop the business and make sure the guests trust us, we did polls 
and we asked their opinion if we should open. And the poll on a one to 10 scale, 40% said maybe open, maybe I'll come to 35%, 55 to 65 said no, they'll do curbside takeout. So that was two weeks ago when Georgia was first opening. Now Georgia's numbers are dropping Less and less viruses and people are being affected. Hospitals have less and less people. So people didn't wear the mask as much as New York and Georgia wasn't affected nearly as bad. So I had a plan of waiting, watching, seeing, and then implementing. So what else am I doing? To save costs and to control yourself from bleeding your cash, I'm opening on a Wednesday through Saturday with limited hours and only open the concentration busiest days of the week to get the best people who love our brand that want to come out and experience the Uncle Jack's Meat House way and get back to their daily routine. And that's what we're working on. And the phone has been ringing off the hook and we're able to spread out 150 reservations between lunch and dinner each day. So Willie, is that profitable with the new model that you've been able to, to do? Because I'm hearing from a lot of businesses, they, restaurants can't make it profitable. Okay, so if you spread it out throughout the day and you take, okay, 150 people and you take your check average, which you're gonna be looking for and that you have from your previous data and in the meat house between lunch and dinner, our check average averaged about $45 a person. So if you take 150 people times 45, you're doing almost $5,000 a day. Now in Georgia, with the rent and the labor cost there at 5,000 a day, I'll be covering all costs, getting back to visit basics, reintroducing the staff, getting controls in place, and breaking even to open on the Wednesday through Saturday, which to me, to break even, and get the ball rolling and get up and running and have less stress and people back to work is a fantastic thing. When you build any business, you never expect to make money right away. Now closing a business that was making you profits, it's never an easy thing as well. We shut down fast. Now we have to open up protecting the guests, gaining their trust, protecting the staff and making sure we have this and we're in it together. Willie, last question. Um, what about um, meat shortages? That's one thing we're hearing about. Your main product seems to be running out of supply. What are you doing there? So when I closed, I had a lot of meat product. I had thousands and thousands of meat because we dry age all our own meat in all our facilities. So I was able to take any other meat that was cryovacted packaged and instantly zap freeze it and then I had all my other dry aged meat dry aging for a longer period of time. It will actually taste better. The guests will get better flavor and better value because that meat is aging longer. I'll lose more money on the meat because it shrinks, but it doesn't shrink as much later on in the dry aging process as much as it does in its first three weeks. It drops the most yield and weight. So I'm pretty good. I reached out to all my vendors. I'm in this business. I am the steak doctor. I'm a very high-end brand. We're very loyal to our vendors. 
We know how to purchase. We know where our cattle comes from. We know our breeders. We know our packing plants. The restaurant industry will slowly open up and help everybody get meat back to normal. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Willie Deagle, the founder and CEO of the Uncle Jack Steakhouse chain. Thanks for joining us. No problem, Christine. Anytime. Thanks for listening to Small Business Lifeline. This has been Christine Honey Dare Bryan with Crane Communications. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast networks and tell your friends. If you have story ideas, please email me at c-d-a-r-e-b-r-y-a-n at c-r-a-i-n-s-n-e-w-y-o-r-k.com. We'll be coming to you each week with more tips on how small businesses can survive this pandemic. Have a prosperous week.